Never stood still on the touchline The centre-backs are claiming offside Three goals down to nil at half-time And the striker sent another shot wide Supporters only sing when they're winning And boo us after every defeat The chairman launders foreign dirty money And no one's seen or heard of him for ten weeks Getting sacked in the morning You're getting sacked in the morning You're defeated and you're playing at time You're getting sacked in the morning Getting sacked in the morning You'll be gone without warning All the best players have gone out on Hello everyone and welcome to Sacked in the Morning, the football podcast that's coming to you live via satellite. Yeah. My name is Richard, I am your host each and every week uh, on this fanciful, whimsical trail through football and yes, football rants. Football yeah, sorry, uh, we talk about football in it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. man stuff. Uh, this week I am joined by Tom. Let's go you first. Hi. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> You're always welcome. And I'm also joined by Phelan. Hello, Phelan. Hello, mate. How are we doing? I'm very well. How are you? Eh, not bad. Not bad. Didn't sound very Pleasure to be here as always. Oh, well, there we go. You picked it up right at the end. Cool. Uh, so... Yeah, feeling. You want to kick us off with uh, your topic that you'd like to speak about this week? Well, seeing as uh, Man City are very, very close to uh, potentially winning the treble, and that would mean that both teams in Manchester would have won trebles, I wanted to spark open a bit of debate. Which of the two teams, if City do win the treble, would be considered... The better of the two, the great with the greatest Premier League team, because obviously the United team that won that treble in '99 is held up against most other teams that are probably slightly better than them that have won the Premier League before and afterwards. But because of the achievements of winning that treble first time it was done, they're always held on that kind of pedestal. But if City do it, is that United team still considered the greatest Premier League side? No. What? Thank you very much for that topic, Phil. That was very interesting. The Cordiola factor, isn't it? Yeah, it, I, I think I think if you just look at the the the, the team, the amount they score, uh, the time, I mean, the pundits will just go nuts, won't they? They'll just all lose their minds. Okay, so to yep. caveat that, then is Man City considered more of now a one-man team, considering that the reason why they're in this position to potentially get themselves over the line is because they signed Erling Haaland in the summer, no, who is now obviously good, the record uh, scorer. That's a good they're, debate. They've already got good players, though. I mean, yeah, but they've, but never, got they've the never had someone that can just pound the goals in like that. Even when Aguero was at his peak, he didn't hit numbers like Haaland has, so... I mean, Man City still winning the league before Holland showed up, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Man United yeah. was still winning the league before Dwight York showed up. Yeah, but he was the final piece of the jigsaw, I guess. Yeah, I guess exactly. I guess, so, I guess yeah. final piece of the jigsaw is probably more way to well, put it. Well, no, I think the final piece of the jigsaw was Teddy Sheringham, but you know, it's just you know, <laughs> the final piece that took a few years to settle in. 
Well, yeah, sharing one year. On. Thank you. Oh, one boy. year. He he joined, and then we won the League Cup in '98, and United won nothing. And then everyone was like, "Ah, see, sharing him. You shouldn't have left, you idiot. You would have won something." And then the next year, he won the treble. Because <laughs> that then goes into the the other part of my debate. The obviously the, the season before United won the treble, they didn't win anything. <laughs> one of those few years, you know, where they were a. Are kind of on the balance line where where the city team is like record number of points in the Premier League. <laughs> Who won the league? Failed, Tom? In, failed in Europe. Won the double. And you know Guardiola has that ability to Guardiola as we have seen numerous times before. And but traditionally, you know, City won the League Cup like four seasons in a row. They've won the Premier League, you know, uh, four out of six or whatever it is now. Whereas the United side didn't win anything, then bounced back to pretty much win everything. See, I this is why I I think that this topic is personally I think this topic is moot because Guardiola is going still going to Guardiola at some point before the end of the season, <laughs> and it's probably yeah. going to be in the Champions League, and I don't think they're going to win the Champions League. But I mean, yeah, that's my personal opinion. I don't know that for sure, obviously, but history tends to dictate. Well, you know. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, you know? We're talking if they do win it. Mm. Which is why I'm taking part in the debate. But if you ask me my honest opinion, I I don't think they're going to win the treble anyway. But I'm happy to take part in this debate still. But yes, in my opinion, if City win the treble, they will be considered the greatest treble winning team in English history. Because just simply for the fact that, A, pundits love them already. B, they've got, you know, a super sexy Spanish man, not bloody Jack Scott in charge, have they? They play, they play attractive football, don't they? I don't know what this accent is. It's not Scottish. <laughs> it's definitely not. I, wonder, I was wondering where you were going with that for a minute, and it just it just, just never really came okay. Scottish man! Scottish spin! <laughs> so you say Man City more synonymous with sexy football? Than that man yeah, yeah. Man, man City are more synonymous with sexy football. Yeah, no, no. But honestly, that is the view, isn't it? That they play better football than any team in Premier League history ever has. You know, like I mean, they'll probably say you know the only team that's ever been better than this Man City team is that Barcelona team. And who was in charge of that Barcelona team? That was weird, wasn't it? You know, still didn't go a whole season without losing a game. No. Which is why then this comes up to the question of, okay, who, who's the greatest team that's ever won the Premier League? You know, because you could say that United 99 team, you could say the Arsenal Invincibles, you can say that Chelsea team that like, what was it, like 101 points or something like that, that they won the league with? Mourinho's second, was that, second. Was that his second season there? Second but season, just... Mourinho, I think, was it? They just blew yeah. the league away, didn't they? So. You know, uh, Leicester coming out of, you know, like from being relegated the season before to come and win it, you know, you know, I mean, that, that they're not considered one of the greats, but for me, that's a uh, wow, well, that's a hell of a story. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably so, the greatest story in Premier League history or Engl- yeah. English football history in general, just not, not just including the Premier League, which realistically still only has not been around for really that long. Mm. Leicester winning the league is the greatest story in English football history. I'll I mean, go as far as to say that. In terms of, like, you just say, like, the four games towards the end of the previous season, they were in the bottom three. They were cut adrift to stay up and then go and win it. 
is probably yeah, yeah, but to say English football history, that's a lot of history that you're just dismissing completely there. I mean recent history. Pardon? Recent history. Recent history, yeah, absolutely. Home said Premier League history, yeah, hundred percent. But football, English football history, that's a, I mean, do you know what happened in 1906? I mean. We weren't alive when Forrest won the league after getting promoted the previous season. Yeah. And then winning the European Cup, you know, so. I mean, even as a Spurs fan, you turn around and say, well, you know, we were the last non-league team to win the FA Cup. That's a pretty big achievement after most teams have gone professional. So I'd say that point is debatable. Premier League history, hundred percent, absolutely. That is a that is the most miraculous story ever told. Considering their pre-season build-up to that as well, you know, like with the whole they went off um, to Thailand or somewhere like that. Yeah, and, and there was a bad. They didn't. They didn't have a great pre-season, did they? It was a bit of a no. mess. And the manager got fired because he like, I don't know beat someone up in a nightclub or something or something like that didn't it, it was it was something absolutely was... ridiculous that look. I can't remember who it was now was it Shakespeare no, it was Nigel, Shakespeare. Nigel, Nigel Pearson that's the one yeah yeah and that was but, um, that's one of the areas where being appointed they weren't happy yeah everyone was just like that is ridiculous yeah Leicester are going down <laughs> yeah got, got, la- got laughed out of the pressure pretty much wasn't it like the and then like, the Ranieri. and then they went and did that so yeah, but you know, I mean, that's the debate: which team is the best team to win the Premier League? Um, which team is the best okay. team to win? In your opinion, which which team is the best team to have won the Premier League? Putting club I'm, biases aside, Tom and his Arsenal shirt just I'm, I'm, goes. I'm going to put cl- uh, club biases aside straight away and say that Arsenal team—they went a whole season undefeated. That's yep. That's really impressive. Now I know Forest went. Like what? Two games, three games less than Arsenal, something like that. But they didn't actually go a whole proper season. They just went yeah. Like a, Forrest across two had seasons, the, didn't they? So. Yeah, Forest had like the consec- most consecutive number of games unbeaten, but yeah. not an entire full zero to thirty-eight calendar season. Which is why at that point, no, yeah, it, it wasn't Premier League. Don't count. It don't count, does it? Yeah. it started in ninety-two, didn't it? <laughs> but that I mean that's my opinion I I personally think that Arsenal team is you know the Invincibles it, well yeah they went the whole season completely undefeated you know that's impressive as hell you know in my opinion so yeah, hands up I'll say that that's a great answer to be fair I was going to say the Chelsea team the Mourinho second season because it was around the time where United was still you know it wasn't just Two very good teams, like which has always traditionally been, where it's where it was United or Arsenal, or now it's City and Liverpool. At kind of that point, there was the Arsenal team, you know, coming off could have potentially won the league that year. Liverpool could have won the, t- the league that year. It was probably the strongest they'd been since the formation of the Premier League. Um, and then, so you got three, t- you got three teams there that could have done it, and Chelsea just literally ripped the league to shreds, mm. playing. Not quite Mourinho-esque football. Wasn't just put loads of players behind a ball and grind a result out. They were blowing teams away. So does then that raise the point? Was Didier Drogba the final puzzle piece? <laughs> Abramovich was the final Drogba. puzzle piece for that. Really, Mourinho was the last puzzle piece. Mourinho, okay. Mourinho. Got... Fair enough. Who did they sign that summer? I don't know. 
They signed everyone. <laughs> they signed those of players. Signed uh, um, Carvalho that summer as well, I think. And um, yeah, maybe oh, it sounds like Essien, but I think it was the year after. But yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'd say Mourinho was agree with that. Mourinho was probably the final piece of that puzzle because you know they had Ranieri and they spent loads of money and they finished third, I think it was. Yeah, but they needed that kind of winning mentality to push them over the top and Mourinho was still at his with his aura of what he did it in Portugal was probably still at his absolute peak at that point yeah I'd agree and probably for a couple of years after as well I mean like because he went off and did it with Inter then as well didn't he yeah it was when he went to Real Madrid that it started to kind of the wheels started to come off a little bit to come off yeah Yeah. but between um Coming out of Portugal, going into Chelsea, and then going into Milan, into into Milan, say that three times fast, um, was probably peak Mourinho at that point, where he was at his absolute, you know, tactical best. Mm. Any of the Man City teams? I think the, the first Guardiola season they went hundred points. Uh, was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to hold Chelsea to that to that level, then you need to hold City to the same level because they basically accumulated the same amount of points, really, didn't they? So pretty much. I mean, I the city teams. I would do uh, the the first time they got ninety eight points when Liverpool got ninety seven. Oh yeah, that was um, that was that was a that was a very very good team. Yeah, I'm just reluctant to say City. I don't know why. There's just I'm just saying if you had to pick if to pick one of the city teams that have won the league, that would be the one I would pick. But then that's like saying, well, which is the worst Fulham team that's ever been relegated? <laughs> or worst, worst Watford team? They're a yo-yo team. Oh, God, well, yeah, yeah. So, Pick the worst Watford team. But, yeah, I just... So it's not a Man United team, then? We wouldn't pick one specific Man United I'm, team? I'm not picking a United team, no. I, I think that United were, you know, dominant, but... Apart from that 99 team, I, I can't think of any United team that I've ever really w- watched and thought, I love I love watching this team. Kind of like watching them when Rooney and Ronaldo were up front for them, like late 2000s. They won the, Champions the team League. that won the Champions League the second, that team that won the Champions yeah. League over Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, wouldn't, know. I wouldn't say they were better than the teams we mentioned but really. No, I, I I would not put a United team as one of the best teams to ever win the the the, the Premier League. But it's weird because then I would say, well, that '99 team is probably the one of the best teams in English football in history, which is weird because they won the league. But I wouldn't say they were the best team that won the league. It's really odd. But also, had uh, more points than they had when they won the league the year before. Yeah. That's considered less. I think we had the best. Premier League defensive record that season up until Chelsea beat us. Uh, I probably picked that one out for Man United probably or one of the Ronaldo teams in the late 2000s. But, but like I, I said, it's it's a really weird thing with me. Like I, I really fell out of football in like the 2000s. Like there's a really weird blank spot in my head for the 2000s. It's, it's just like I cannot remember anything that happened in the 2000s for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean because it's hard to pick out like specific instances or you know talk about teams and players outside of like one or two teams. 
It's hard to. It's like, I couldn't tell you who got relegated in any season in the two thousands. Tom probably outside did. of maybe if what outside of like a Watford or a Palace had gone up and gone back down again, or Norwich for that matter. Yeah. You know the perennial yo-yos because one of them yeah. would have been there and one would have gone down again. But specifically order. Oh, and outside of Derby because they have the lowest points tally in oh, history. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah. Yeah, they were but, shockingly awful. So, yeah, I'm assuming that Tom's saying the same Arsenal team that I said as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's go back to the, the main topic then, the the City United thing. So where where do you land on this then, feeling? I would say still the United team. Why Personally, going from nothing the season before to, to doing the treble and... At a time when it's definitely it was harder for English clubs. Serie A was still probably top of the pecking order at that point. Yeah, Italy in was terms still of really like strong, league really. reputation, the like the they had the, they had all the best players there, and they rolled through two Italian sides, including that I, game against that semi final against the Juventus UV game. I really yeah. remember that. Yeah, they were dead and buried in that tie as well. When they, they were three yeah. one down, that yeah, it. And came back very early it. as well. But it was, I, I remember that game was like driven by Roy Keane as well, wasn't it? He was, yeah. I mean, yeah. he got booked in that game that knew he knew he'd missed the final, but he's like, Shut up and get on with your jobs, you stupid. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he was like, yeah. Roy Keane, Do your job, yeah. 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 I mean, Juventus were that mountain at that time, weren't they? If you get over there, yeah, you'll win the Champions League. Basically. Or even just any Italian side, really, that got to the later stages of the Champions League, it was like you had you had to go through an Italian side to stand a chance of winning. During the nineties, just yeah, how sure. how any, good the Italian league was at yeah. that point. In any cup competition in Europe, it was always the Italian teams you feared, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. Whoever, you know. you, when you, when the draw was being done, it was like don't want an Italian team, don't want an Italian team, don't want an Italian team. Whereas now, because of the strength of the English league, it's almost expected that English teams should do well in the Champions League, should do well in Italy, Europe just in general. This season shows that Italy is coming back a little bit, which is good to see. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad to see that. You know, a nice Italian Milan derby for a semi final. That's a spicy yeah. meatball, you know? I think that is tonight. But yeah, I. I, I... I think if you beat Arsenal to a league title, then that makes you up there. <laughs> and both those Man, this Man City team well, that made my team. That's kind of the other parallel, isn't it? You know, it's Arsenal are sec- currently second in the league at the moment. City are going to potentially pit that, and you know, the, the only difference is Arsenal was so far ahead this season. Like, it wasn't really a thing in '99. Really, it was back and forth. But but yeah. but Tom, Arsenal were top at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's just. <laughs> I mean, we played at that point. You know, we played less games, didn't we? So it doesn't make really Stupid statistics. Yeah. We talked about that at the time. It's a stupid statistic. Yeah, well, I think we mentioned it at the time, but yeah. We did, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I'm being proven right. <laughs> I like but being no, proven yeah. right. It's a nice thing to say out loud, but, you know, it doesn't. Well, yeah. Anything. Means nothing when you got like two months off. <laughs> yes, but no, yeah, I would put that United team over the City team because of what the United team had to go through to to, to try and win it. Okay, so Tom, did you pick the same or or have you gone the other way? 
I'm I'm torn to be honest. Um, I would say that Man United team has more iconic players, but then you know we always look fondly back at. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Are we all looking back at this with a little bit of nostalgia or nostalgia? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I I tried to take that out of it from my point of view and just look at kind of the parallels of it. And as I said, you know, the English league wasn't the dominant league at that point. It was the Italian league. They did roll. They did beat two Italian teams on the way through. They did win nothing the season before. So. For me, kind of the circumstances of it is what tips it more than just the fact it was the nostalgia of it. See, now I'm I'm going to be honest, and I I honestly do believe that maybe my answer is swayed a little bit by nostalgia because this Man City team would beat their main United team. Probably, probably, yeah. Um, but then there's the, there's always the they were the first to do it, which is really impressive. And yep. like Tom said, uh, Phelan said, sorry, they, um, you know, the, the English, the English league wasn't the top league in Europe at that point. I mean, regardless of what you believe now, the league in England is probably the most competitive league in Europe. No. Here we are, isn't it? You reckon? What? what are you, I'm talking about like the last five to ten years. I'm not yeah. talking about a one-off two seasons or something like that. I mean, Mr. Said Man City are going to win four out of five. Uh, yeah, this, this season, but like historically, Juventus have just steamrolled that league, haven't they? Yeah, so, yeah, but I'm I'm just talking about over the last five to ten years, where where you've had the time to invest in the players and bring the better players. I mean, regardless of whether you got Barcelona or, or Real Madrid, uh, Spain is just uh, nothing joke league pretty much, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's like France. It's like, well, yeah, you've got all the money, but didn't hear any of that. I, I, I don't think it's as bad as that, but I, I get your point. But my point is, is the league, the competitiveness of the league, not the quality of the teams within it. Yeah. But I also think that I'm tainted a little bit because obviously it happened when I was a teenager around the, my formative years. They had Teddy Sheringham in the team. He scored, a, you know, a goal. It kind of makes me, you know, he's my favourite player of all time. So I would definitely say that my answer's probably swayed a little bit by nostalgia because if I do think about it, I think this Man City team would probably blow that team away. However, this Man City team with... Alex Ferguson in charge of that United team at that point. Alex Ferguson could pull up a bit of a. But then this is the whole historical question, isn't it? You know, who would win, Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? You know, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? You know, you know. For for our American listeners, I don't know if we have many American listeners for this show. But, <laughs> but you made a very good point. It's a good analogy. Yeah, it's an understandable analogy. So. So, I, I mean, mean there's nothing wrong with being persuaded by nostalgia of it because it's, you know, that's where, when you go to debates like this anyway, it's where you tend to go is the nostalgia of what, you know, when, you, when you're comparing teams or you're comparing situations. You can, compare, you can compare the Spurs teams between, like, the Harry Redknapp years and the Potocino years. There is always going to be some... You're going to be swayed by a little bit of nostalgia on that based on who your favourite players are at that point. 
you know that's yeah that's, that's the way it is the way it goes <clears throat> but i think if you ask a lot of teenagers watching football now they would all go oh this city team is like the best of course they're so much yeah. better yeah because yeah. they're living it now which is what yeah. i'm saying yeah. does nostalgia play a larger than um expected role in this debate but i don't, well, I don't as know you said, the, the debate could be mute if guardiola does a guardiola next week and uh... which I, I think it personally will be anyway i think it's going to be moot but I would say this Man City team right now is probably better than a main team in 1999, either if they don't win the But I, I Okay. Do you think they'll be do you think they'll be in a position to win a treble again or do you think this is their best opportunity? Oh, this is definitely the best opportunity, right? They're are they gonna get closer than this? Up know. to this well they were Up in the final. They were in the final of the FA Cup. Yeah, but they weren't in the, but they weren't in a treble winning position. Weren't they? I'm pretty sure they've been in the treble winning position this late in the season before, right? No. no? See, there goes my brain again. See, it's just it just it just assumes things most of the I time. Say the, re- the the last time they got to Champions League for the first time they got to Champions League final. I don't think they were in the FA Cup final that year. No, they'd won. I think they'd won the League Cup, but they didn't. Re- but that's not included in any type of conversation when you're talking about a treble. Which well, is should be. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't see it. I don't know why. I just. Well, let's see um, Holland up against Yepstam. Yeah, that'd have been an interesting battle. That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. But then, modern day football, would it? I mean, it'd probably give away like three penalties in the modern game. You wouldn't. Have <laughs> probably wouldn't make it past the tenth minute. He'd be off the, be sent off the pitch by then. Yeah. Two penalties given away and a red card inside the first 10 minutes. Yeah, probably. I mean, given the way modern football is, I you know, just, yeah. With about a five minute pause in between for a VAR review. VAR, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I find it hard to get past that United team. I, I think I'm tainted by nostalgia, but. Yeah. I'll say that Man City team, then. So just the. Just to be different, yeah. Yeah, just to be that odd one out. Is that is that just because you can't make your mind up, so you just think, oh, I'll just go the other way anyway, or are you just doing it to be yeah. divisive, like always? hypothetical <laughs> scenario that Man City do win uh, this treble, then yes, I would say they're better than me. It hurts me <laughs> to say it, but... <laughs> you just said my United. Yeah, I know, but... But I agree with you that this City team is probably better, but I just, I don't want to admit that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to admit that. I'm very angry with this Man City team. I hate them. But, you know, I've got to remain impartial. Yeah, because he's always impartial about Arsenal and stuff like that. So, do you think that being the first to do something should hold a lot more weight in this argument as well. Or do you think that that's think unfair to say because it's like, well, you can only do it when you do it, you know? it's not. I always think that when you're talking about achievements like this, the first one to do it is always should always be considered special. Should always should always have... Like, if it's a tiebreaker, the first one to do it should always win the tiebreaker because they were the first. 
nobody mm-hmm. had done it before then so nobody knew what it would be like to do it in terms of um using a football scenario you know the demand um the consistency um you know the levels of performance that sort of thing so i always think the first one to do something should always win a tie break so when you're talking big achievements no, i guess so i mean if a team comes along and does it better though then See that's see that see that's what I'm saying. So so now, Phelan, I'm going to put this to you because Tom's basically already put himself on the checkered line with that. So, the Spurs team that won the double for the first ever time, or that Arsenal team that won the double. I mean, it's before our time, right? So how can we possibly? That's what I'm saying. So, is the first team to do it? Should they always be considered one of the true greats, or is it? Oh, hundred like, percent. Or is it because a case so many of like, well, we couldn't do it before we did it? So, Yeah, because so many came beforehand and there was probably great teams before that, um, but they couldn't do it. They didn't do it. That Spurs team did do it. So I would consider them one of the greatest teams because they were the first to do that. See, I'm not, I'm not going to take Tom's answer because he already said, well, if someone came along and did it better, so he's clearly going to say that Arsenal team did it better. I mean... The only thing I'd say is I don't really know a lot about that Spurs team, because but I know a lot about that Arsenal team because obviously I watched the videos and the goals and from that season, the highlights and stuff like that. So I'm obviously going to go towards that. I don't know a lot about that Spurs team. So All I, I know about that Spurs team is that I think Harry Kane was the top scorer that season. So. Oh, really? That season? Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> did win the but title. I, I, I do think it adds a certain amount of weight to an achievement if you're the first one to do it. It doesn't matter then really who, if anybody, because anybody that does it afterwards, you could always say they did it better or did it X, Y, Z, or they, you know, they things like that. But they are the first ones to do it. And you, I'd put that analogy across any, uh, any sport and achievement, like the first person to be the undisputed heavyweight champion to have all of those belts, to unite all of those belts, the first one to do it. That holds a significant amount of weight. It doesn't matter if... Um, 20 years later, somebody comes across in four fights and wins all four belts in four fights with first-round knockouts. He's not the first person to do it. It's such a, a rare achievement that it, hold, it holds a significant amount of weight to it. That's why nobody's won the treble since that United team done it, because it requires a significant amount of effort and luck and uh, things to go your way. It always will, For me, it would always, as I said, it will always be the tiebreaker in those situations. it's it's just because if you use that argument then like the first team to win the fa cup when there was like three teams in it (laughs) yeah (laughs) first the first team to win the first ever football league yeah it's like is it that impressive if there hasn't been any before you i mean is that does there need to be a certain amount of time to pass where people can go, actually, this is quite tough in order for, for something to come along to look like it's that impressive? Or or is it just, no, the first to do it? Like, if the first... I mean, I, I, in boxing, this, this analogy wouldn't work because all of the belts came out at all different times, basically. So the first person to ever win a boxing match couldn't win all, all four titles. <laughs> so it's like, but I'm pretty sure like the first boxing match was probably like in the like 16th century or something like that as well. So, but like, so the the first person 
Yeah, well, let's use the FA Cup then. Yeah, the first team to win the FA Cup when there was like three or four teams in it. So the first team to win the competition, that, that's never going to change. That can't be taken away. You mentioned earlier about Spurs being the only team to, only non-league team to ever win the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. So if another non-league team comes along and no, wins no, no. the FA Cup... Not only last non-league team to win the FA Cup, yeah. because all teams were non-league before. So, But that's my point. That You've just, you've just, cre- you've just answered your own point, because all teams were non-league at that point. Mm-hmm. So if a so if a non-league team or a lower league team comes along and wins the FA Cup, mm-hmm. now does it? Would you say that they they're the better team because they did it better? I would personally probably say yes because there is far more money in the game now, and in order to compete at a level, a la Man City we have seen that you need a crap ton of money in order to be successful. So if a non-league team with a budget of like £10,000 a year comes and wins the (laughs) FA Cup, I will turn around and go, they are the greatest team in all FA Cup history. 100%. I don't care that Arsenal's won it the most. This team beat out all the competition with the billions and... Uh Billions would that of change pounds. your opinion on the Spurs team that was the last non-league team to win the FA Cup? Well, they wouldn't be the last non-league team to win the FA Cup anymore, would they? What, so, if, yeah. that, what if that non-league team just avoided all Premier League teams? I don't it? think yeah. that would be possible, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Mill uh, got to the FA Cup final without playing a Premier League team. Yeah, they did, yeah. Until they finished Man United in the final. But then yeah. even championship sides, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've got... <laughs> But loads of money as well. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it comes down to your uh, your perspective on things. But my but the point my my point still remains <laughs> valid because they wouldn't be the last non league team to win the FA Cup anymore. So it's not happening again anyway. So you no. know. but if it did, oh my god, that would be, yeah, that would be way more impressive than Leicester. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would. To be fair. Oh, you could see it in a Wrexham, couldn't you? At some point, the way they, the way they they're were not going. non-league anymore. Non-league now, they're nah, but league next time. Right. Have we answered your point, feelings? You think? Yeah. I, well, it wasn't really answering the point. It was just about creating a bit of debate. Yeah, it's a good debate. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to tell the ways. There's no right answer, apart from my opinion. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> We'll revisit this at the end of the season if and when City win the treble and then get Tom's opinion on it at that point. Let's hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, I, let's hope they don't. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't, I, to put a bow on it, I don't think they will. I think even if they beat Real Madrid uh, in in the semi-final, Guardiola will do something spectacularly Guardiola in the final and screw it up to the point where even Erling Haaland can't rescue the team. Nailed on either, to be honest. They can have a bad day. Yeah. United, United will be up for it, and by, the, by the, the way that they've fallen off the last few games, it could be the only thing they got left to play for in their season. So, but they need really to be is... the best, and we've seen yeah. them in the season <laughs> a lot of times. They haven't been. <laughs> no, but the problem is, is that <clears throat> look at this. Okay, so so just just to finish this point off, look at this Man City team, compare it to that Man United team, and tell me. 
which team what you position think. Position for position. Um, no, just the team in general, with with the whole ethos around the club and the man in tar, uh, man at the top, the, the guy in charge as well. Look at this team, all the like everything in general, and tell me which one you think would be more likely to implode. City. Do you look at that United team and think they could have just blown up at any point and, and lost 4-0, you know? Whereas you look at this City team and you think, they're fragile, man. They're like, something goes wrong and they just could capitulate. Have Man City been on the end of a thrashing this season? Like but are you telling me that they can't be on the end of a thrashing? That's what I'm asking you. Newcastle put three past them earlier. Defensively, yeah, they, there's there's question marks about them defensively. Whereas I look at that um, United team and I think that's a team that proved time and time again, even if they went behind, well, you can still come back and win. Yeah. And I don't see any team really drubbing them either. You know, that United team, look, with Alex Ferguson in charge at that point at his peak... They were rock solid, you know. They might concede a couple of goals, but they could still come back and win 4-2, four, four you know. you know. I don't see them just absolutely imploding like this City team has the potential to. And also, City are in danger of becoming a one-man team. It's the Erling Haaland show, isn't it? He's scored so many bloody goals this season. I mean, I, I don't think that that's necessarily a problem because I think they've still got goals throughout the rest of the team, even if he doesn't show up. <laughs> it's the defence. I just look at that defence and think, you're still shocking. But they still got one of the best defensive records this season, so... Yeah, but I don't... I don't I, That's I because just think... teams, are, teams are at the point where they're having to chase the game, so it creates space. And, you know, once... What, you know from yourself playing football, once you're like 3-0 down, it's like, let's get this game over and done What's with now. the point now? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much downing tools, but it is like... Do I need to go put myself on the line for this 50-50 ball yeah, when the game's I'm, already 3-0 down? We've already Do you know lost. I mean? I'm not going to injure myself injure now myself. for no reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's why, because teams just... It, it becomes, for them, it's about damage limitation, isn't it? It's not so much about going to try and put one in City's net. It's about trying to stop it going in your own net. So that's why I think defensively, City's record is probably slightly better than it probably should, than it, should, than it looks. Do you guys? Think, yeah. Sorry, go on. Do you guys think if Man City win the Champions League, then that'll be the end of their era? They're down towards a little bit. Or no. do you think they'll continue on? Being no. no their team's that, young no. enough, and yeah. they're getting younger in a lot of positions. That it, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think that they'll retain it, but I think that it won't be the last time that they win it. Once no. they win that first one. If they win that first one, I should say. We shouldn't say when they win that first one, if they win that first one, because Arsenal were pretty much, everyone was going, well, it's only a matter of time before they win a Champions League, isn't it? You know, And then look what happened there. I've been getting, well, I say kind of getting Champions League, but now we will. Their goalkeeper got sent off after 18 minutes, and after that, they had no chance. That uh, didn't help. Uh, but... but then would you have looked at that, and during that era, at that period in time, would you have looked at that and said, that's going to be their only final? That's their one chance? You'd go, nah, they'll probably go back and again no. next year. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, at so... the time, it felt like shit, but yeah, I probably would have said, yeah, I think we've got the potential to do it again. But yeah. It never happened. So we're not, I, I don't know why we're saying when City win the league, uh, Champions League, because they might not ever. 
You know, I mean, well, in in our lives, I mean, history's really long. Six hundred years point, time. City who knows will, what's going to happen? Whether it's whether it's this season, next season, or five seasons from now, at some point they will win the Champions League. Okay, if, I'm not... if it keep, money keeps coming in every season, every season, yeah, at it's... some point they'll win the Champions League. As I say, I'm not saying it's going to be this season, not to say it's next season. But or there are the more years. and more teams with this money coming in, this money coming in, this money coming in. So if they didn't capitalize when they were one of like the what three. Four teams max in Europe that had that much investment pumped into them. With more and more teams having that kind of money coming into them now, why do we still think, oh yeah, it's only, it's only a matter of time because they have that money coming in? Because where the club is at the moment, infrastructure, what they've got in place, um, it's going to take... You just look at Newcastle, for example. They've got all this money coming through, but there's still probably another... <laughs> three or four seasons away from really having the squ- the squad and infrastructure together to go challenge at the top of the challenge. You the say the that, but then we all said they're probably two or three seasons away from qualifying for the Champions League, and yet they might do it in like the first season. Yeah, but it's, then it becomes how the squad that they have then copes with the demands of playing in the Champions yeah. League. And also with the, re- with the new <laughs> format coming in, I think that will make I think that will make it very different. I think if anything, the new format makes it easier for the bigger clubs within the European pyramid to one get into the Champions League because you don't need to now qualify through the league. You can just have your coefficient number and you can finish wherever friggin' hell you end up in the in the in your league. And two, with the way it then it splits, if you're in that top eight, you go straight, you go into the next round of the Champions League. So it's it's almost it's almost geared for these bigger clubs to just hold dominance rather than actually opening it up for uh some other te- some other teams in Europe. But then what's your say- definition of a bigger club? Because bef- you know, if you're talking historically, I would not say City are a big club. It, recently, yeah, but historically, if you're talking about yeah, no, your, talking your Real Madrid's, your like Liverpool's, the- your AC Milan's, you know, stuff like that, you know, then yeah, but Man City, no. I would not say that they're a big side historically, you know. So why uh, if now if you're talking about money, yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear that's that. That's what at the here and now and they are yeah. the don't now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking here and now because of teams money. With, teams with money. So now Newcastle are going to have that money. So why aren't Newcastle guaranteed of that spot, huh? Because it's there's a there's a difference between the established money of like, over the last ten years, and the new money, you can you could put that money into any mid-table team in a team in any league in Europe, and it doesn't mean they're instantly going to go dominate in the Champions League. It takes we've seen it takes time. No one's going to repeat the Chelsea scenario where Abramovich comes in and within three years they're they're winning the leagues and getting into finals of Champions League. That's not going to happen. The European football is too competitive, and there's too much money around. You look at Chelsea this season; they've thrown six hundred million at it, and yeah, so and they've got nowhere. They're gonna, they're going to finish twelfth probably. Yeah, it's about good recruitment. So it's, it? yeah, it's got to be done kind of the right way, and it's got and it, it has to be more gradual, which is why it's Newcastle are not are not in that position right now. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, when it comes to money, don't write any decision making off on 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 UEFA's or FIFA's um, deliberations. Money talks. 
Dirty cash. Dirty cash. No, can't can't sing. We're going to get copyrighted. Okay, so Tom, <laughs> what did you want to talk about? Um, well, I'm toying between two teams this week, uh, Brighton and Leicester, but I think I'm going to go with Brighton because I think they're pretty much securing what we're going to get at the end of the season, so we don't look completely stupid by the time we talk. Like if we talk, I about don't know, if, you, if they if they repeat Monday's result a few times, then yeah, they could. Um... Yeah, yeah, I mean, the only thing with Brighton is if they're going to get Europe or not, but. Even if they don't, they've still had a great season anyway, regardless, right? Yeah, no fan feeling. You tell me. Hey, you're a fan. Right? <laughs> um, I mean, it would well, be yeah. like didn't do it, but still, you think of how far they've come. Yeah, you know, we were ju- we were just talking about like the money and journey and things like that. The, what Brighton have done has been impressive yeah. in the way that the Premier League is built now. I I don't know if they'll repeat it next season. I think the squad will get gutted. Um, no, I mean they've they've got rid of good players before, and it hasn't been a problem. But eventually, that will catch up with you, I guess. Yeah, you just got to look at the Southampton situation. At some point, That's you have hard. to. You can't keep relying on finding these these gems. I mean, it's working this season like amazingly well, it, isn't it? And it worked. It worked for Southampton for a good three or four years to the point, you know, when they had Marnie and they they had Marnie there and they had Van Dyke there and you know things like that. But eventually, it comes back to bite you because the play it's just not the same quality. And the the one thing you can't do in the Premier League is stand still. Spurs have proved that um, across yep. the last three seasons. You can't stand still in the Premier League because everybody around you will get better. And the competitiveness of the league is probably the most competitive it's it's probably ever been in terms of that three to fourteenth position, that kind of mid block in the in the table. Any one of those teams can finish anywhere between th- three and fourteen. Yeah, and it takes a couple of bad results and you you're spinning down the league very quickly. I mean, other than Man City winning the league every year, it's been pretty competitive this season, like in terms of those European places, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Uh, in and around that um, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before I might have done but you know the first football game I ever went to was Brighton in 96 at the Goldstone ground yeah you have but carry on uh, yeah the game was called after 15 minutes because there was a pitch invasion because the fans came on the pitch and like yeah. just the place because they were up in arms about them getting rid of the Goldstone ground basically having no home you know, nowhere to play football and then the next season they almost got relegated to um the non-league and set up on the last day of the season and you think of how far they've come now almost you know in Europe and uh, you know we had a penalty shootout of reaching the FA Cup final which was you know they were the better team on the day probably should have won if football yeah if Batoma had been able to control the pass and you know the whole goal to aim at and put it straight at De Gea instead yeah but it's just amazing to see how far they've come you know from those days you know yeah, the journey that the club has taken in the last 20-some-odd years has been pretty extraordinary when you think about what it's been through and whatnot. But, um, as I say, they need, to, they need to probably change strategy slightly in the summer. If they're going to lose McAllister probably to Liverpool, yeah. say they might well end up at Arsenal if they're prepared to pay the money for them. Uh, yeah. it's, how they, it's how they replace those players. 
and we've and we've seen the Premier it only takes one poor managerial appointment because they got right they got quite lucky coming out of um Graham Potter and into Deserby. That could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. It didn't start well, did it? But um he's obviously no. um and, you know, because you just look at Villa from, between Gerard and Em and Emory. Yeah, Emory. Same squad, same same squad, pretty much. They didn't sign too many players in um, January, Villa, and they the most outside of City, I think, and Arsenal. They've got the most points since the World Cup. Yes, they have, yeah. You know, so it also shows you about how getting it right with the guy you br- the guy you bring in makes them can make a massive, massive difference to to that team. So I looked at, I don't know where it came up the other day on Facebook, somewhere on Twitter, somewhere like that. They're like the biggest wage bills in the Premier League. Yeah. And Brighton have the second least uh, wage bill in the Premier League that they spend money on. Uh, Brentford yeah. bottom. So, you know, that's, that's two right there have had great seasons this year and they've got the lowest wage bill. Who has the highest, do you reckon? Chelsea probably now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> you can't spend six hundred million pound on players and not have the biggest wage bill in the league. Yeah. Although I read somewhere um, this week that because Chelsea spent six hundred million pound on players and have got a first team squad of about thirty summer, they had to extend the dressing room at the training ground and the football stadium because they were, they couldn't get all the players in. They're going to shift a load of those during the summer, though. Anyway, aren't they? There's there's going to be a loads of players that are going to be on their yeah. way out. They're going to have to to comply with FFP because they've got no, they've got no Premier League money now because they're finishing so far down the league table. They've got no European money to bail them out. I'd hate to see what their FFP deficit is. It's going to be horrific. That doesn't really mean anything these days anyway, does it? Who knows what that means? It's all over the place, you know? Like It's like um, Nottingham Forest. They signed up 20 players in the summer and then they signed more in the January transfer window so they couldn't register players that they signed in the summer. So yeah, it's club and you know, it's just a mess. But it might look like, looks like it might work out for them in the end. Yeah, it looks like they looks like they might stay up though. Uh, so, you, would you guys say that Brighton are probably the best run football club in in England right now? Or would I, be don't, I don't know how many clubs. You know how 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 most of the clubs are run. Uh, I just I mean, think. Just say Premier League. Okay, well, you know, look at Luton, obviously, in the Championship. They obviously must be pretty well run if they're competing for uh, Premier League promotion, for example, you know, with the small ground and, you know, money they have. But yeah, in the Premier League, probably I would say they are the most run, better run, best run club. And obviously, in terms of recruitment as well, they're probably the best team right now in terms of finding these little gems, you know, and putting them into the team and then getting rid of players for lots of money. Probably, but like you've just been talking about, that doesn't always necessarily a good business plan make, I, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's, as I said earlier, it's going to work as a long-term strategy. Short-term, has it's worked really well, but I think long-term, it, it it's not going to hold up. I mean, if they keep staying in the Premier League, they're obviously going to be spending more money on players, right? Yeah. Well, you'd like to think that now that they're like in this situation where they're pushing for Europe and stuff like that, that they might be a little bit more inclined to dig their heels in over transfers and say, no, you're contracted to us. You're not going anywhere, you know, like, and, and maybe 
cough up a little bit more in wages in order to facilitate that. It's not going to work with all of the players because, you know, I'm sure there are going to be players that are like, you know, well, that's it, I'm going AWOL then or something like that, you know. But maybe to show a little bit more competitiveness. It's it's how they show ambition versus... um willingness to just kind of be happy with where they are yeah so to speak i mean you you know what you know what i'm trying to say yeah 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 i know what you're trying to say but you know i'm i'm one for for really banging on about stay in your lane you know don't overreach too much because we've seen how that capitulates so badly sometimes so there's not so much wrong with being happy with what you've got, but taking baby steps towards improvement, I think is a very, you know, we need to look to do that, you know, for like five, 10, 15 years in the future. Not right. Well, now we qualify for Europe next year. Let's push for the champions league. Yeah. I think the fans need to realize that as well. I, 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 Fans need to go, okay, well, if next season we finish 10th again, we shouldn't be disappointed with that. Oh. We should go, we should go, okay, that's fine. It's we've got the, we've got the experience now. Yeah. And I, I think the fans sometimes are a little bit bad in that, that they're like, well, no, now we've taken that step forward. We need to stay there and then take another step forward. And, and as long as Brighton are playing the Brighton way. It's Brighton is synonymous. Oh, yeah, synonymous with sexy football, yeah. yeah. Keep that Brian ethos going. But, this, but you know what I mean, I right? Next, like, fans are do, very yeah. much... Because if next season does... Say next season starts and they're, I don't know, if I can say 15th after 10 games or something stupid like that, it's going to be how trigger-happy does the club get in terms of the manager? Then I'll tell you how well-run they are. Yeah. <laughs> That that will be the definition of it because outside of removing Chris Hutton because they wanted to take the club in a different direction for how Chris Hutton had the team set up and they you know stayed in the Premier League for a couple of seasons, they got they've they haven't they've they've not dismissed and brought another manager in. You know Potter's situation was taken out of their hands because he went to yeah. go to Chelsea, and um, so it's. What happens? Yeah, is that what happened next? Do they panic and bring in a little bit like what Spurs have done to a degree? You know, bringing a serial winner to help guide them through into, you know, where they think they should be, or do they bring somebody in that can steady the ship, keep them in that kind of mid-table area, which is, as Richard said, is kind of the lane at the moment, that you know, twelfth to eighth kind of area. If um, I bring in Frank Lampard, I'll be worried. That's when you start getting worried. I think. Or a Gerard, or do you know what I mean? Like something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start getting a but, yeah, but it is also uh, about keeping some of these players. About how do they show that they they match that bit of ambition about trying to keep some of their be- their better players? Because again, you know, long term, that's not a viable strategy to keep selling your best players. It's not going to yeah, keep I'd, you in the I'd, Premier I'd, League. I'd like them to like. Not completely, you know, because I'm realistically, if someone comes in with like a ninety million pound bid for a player, you're going to be like, okay, well, that's a good bid. But I think that they should dig their heels in a little bit more. Like players that are on, like, you know, like 
got like three or four years left on their contract, dig your heels in a little bit more and say, no, you're contracted to this club. They're doing the Sorry. January transfer window. Uh, when, uh, what player was it that was linked with Arsenal? Casado. Casado, yeah. He wanted to go, didn't he? He put out a thing on Instagram saying, I want to leave, please let me leave. And then they dug their heels and then refused. And yeah, which... I mean that's good to see. I like I like to see that, you know, like we I, I don't like this whole players have all of the power. And it's like, okay, well if you want the option to leave every season, maybe sign a one year contract for like less a, money. Oh, but you're not gonna do that though, are you? Because it's less money. That's why What's Alexis McAllister's uh, contract situation? Is he in the last year of his contract or what? No, two years I think he's got after this. So they could just turn around and say, No, you're staying. Yeah. But then if yeah. someone comes in with a ridiculous bid for him, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, that, I can I understand the, why. The, the impression I get from Brighton will accept an offer that meets their valuation from Champions League clubs for a lot of the players because they're not yeah. going to stand in their way. But it's it's always been, and the message has always been, it's got to meet the, val- the Brighton's valuation. They're not just going to accept any kind of offer. Mm. That's why Chelsea ended up overpaying for Cucurella because... Right, yeah. you said 60 mil, you ain't getting it. They were linked with uh, Watford player, was it Joel Pedro the other day? It's, he's been signed. Oh, he's been signed. And that was the record yeah, he transfer. Was, he, he was unveiled uh, on Monday. Yeah, record transfer. Yeah, 30 million is their record transfer, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, so yeah but I mean, that's not. And they got James yeah. Milner by all accounts coming in on a free as well. Which I yeah. think is a great move all round. I think for I think, both oh, yeah. teams, that's a great move. Yeah. For, yeah for, for him, I think that that's a really good environment to be in. And I think for Brighton, that's a great player to bring in because he still can do it at that level. He can as still well. do it, definitely do a job. Yeah. But it helps that that really young squad. And there's a couple of yeah. moments you saw it in the cup semi final where they <laughs> needed some experience, an experienced player, really experienced, was really trying to grab, try grab that team on the pitch. Yeah, and it just it just wasn't there. His influence will be enough. Massive. I don't think he's going to yeah. play every game. But, no, no, no. I don't. I don't think. But he, you know, he'll be doing basically the job he's doing at Liverpool now, isn't it? It's like yeah. I'll fill in when I'm needed. I'll come on off the bench to see out a game. You know, like if karma heads need prevailing. But it's more. I, I hate this expression because it's really annoying. But it's more a signing for the dressing room than for the yeah. Pitch. I would say so. He knows the league, doesn't he? He knows. Yeah, he knows yeah. the league. He's he he, he friends with the tea lady of the league. Um, He's gonna. To, to mentor those younger players to Brighton. But yeah, I mean, in. but that does have a big influence, doesn't it? You know, it's like you can turn around and say, well, you, see it from the negative your, side. Your as time well, as a so. football coach, you'd know the, the impact players can have in dressing rooms. Yeah, exactly. And, and you want to get rid of the ones that like are constantly undermining you and, and, and giving you issues. But then you, you also know as a coach when to step back and let that one guy talk because that's the guy everyone's going to listen to. And you're like, right. You don't need me to say anything. Listen yeah. to him. This is the person you want to be listening to. And then I'll just go, everyone good? And then they'll be like, yeah. And you go, off you go. I don't I mean, need to say anything, you know. Look at the way Brian have integrated Danny Warbeck. He doesn't always play, but he's yeah. decent. 
Same as Lalana, that he's probably the biggest success story in terms of a player in the second half of his career. If he could stay fit and on the pitch, he makes such a difference to that Brighton side in terms of dictating the flow of the game. They're definitely a poorer side when Lalana's not on the pitch. But I mean, yeah, I think that's. I think they're they're doing smart moves in the transfer window. It seems, uh, and and like I said, as long as they dig their heels in a little bit more with some of the big, you know, the bigger teams and some of the players that they've got, their better performing players, then you know, I would see that that's a sign of progression. As a fan, personally, I would I would look at that and go right. Well, at least we're aiming to be competitive. We might not finish this in this position every season, but you know, we're working towards moving forward which is what i think football it's clubs a, well, should do sorry go on it, i was just going to say this that's the mentality that promoted teams should have when they come up yeah rather than just going boom or bust yeah stay solidify your position gradually start to aim to move forward you know rather than this right we've been in the league for three seasons now you've kept us up but your football's boring get out it's time that we try and qualify for europe and it's like yeah, yeah. the philosophy again and again. Yeah, but it's just but there's so many teams do that now because obviously the money's crazy. Obviously up at the high echelons, and that's all they're looking at. They've got they've got pound signs in their eyes, haven't they? You know, so it's like I like I like a club like uh, I I will be interested to see what Brentford do next season as well. For instance, yeah, you same. Know, they've had a great season, but if they slip up a little bit and drop back down into their lane. And yes, for those who aren't watching the video, I am putting up air quotations. But will they be quick to go, oh, crap, and like like Phelan says, and pull the trigger and, you know, think, well, no, we need to be finishing up where we were last season, you know? Like, that would be interesting to see. In the summer as well, though. How do they replace him? Yeah, but again, are they going to dig their heels in or are they going to say... Uh, well, the Tony situation is going to be whether he gets suspended for an entire season or not with his baiting stuff over his head. <laughs> Might be taken out of their hands, yeah. Yeah. It's not so much if they sell him in the summer, it's more about what they're going to do when he gets suspended. Because he's going to get suspended. There's no kind of if, buts, or maybes on that. There's, there's too reckon, many charges. For... He's do you reckon it will be a full season now, or do you think they'll kind of cop out and be like, uh, 10 games? <sighs> I think it'll be a full season and then on appeal, it will go down to probably half. I think because it, whatever the first charge is, it always gets reduced on appeal. So I think I can it, I see think 18 down to 10. I'd say this, 10 games. Enough. I don't think you need to punish him that much. I don't know. Just for, the, for me, it's just the amount of it. Well, you think Kieran Trippier got done for half a season, didn't he? And he, he didn't have half as many as what Tony's got. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Do you know what I mean? If you're talking about precedent, Ivan Tony's got 256 charges against him or something stupid like that. Kieran Trippier bet on his, had a guy bet on his own transfer and he got done for six months. <laughs> I mean, Rio Ferdinand got suspended for six months for missing a drugs test, not failing it. Failing just... a drugs test, yeah, missing a drugs test. Yeah, okay, so, all good points, yeah, good points. <laughs> so I can so I can initially see it being a season ban reduced to half season on appeal. I hope it's not a season though, that'd be that's just too much. How long did Cantona get? Six months then. It was from January to the end of the uh, no, yeah. No, um no, he got done for six to eight months because he yeah. missed mid season to mid season, didn't he? 
He didn't start the season for Man United. He came. Is it October? Yeah. Playing again? Yeah, he came back in October. So it was about six to eight months. So now yeah. you need to question: Is I don't know why I'm asking this question because I know the answer already. Is potentially <laughs> messing around with money worse than kicking someone in the face? <laughs> like I said, I already know the answer. Yes, so, it's a premeditated um, thing you're doing, isn't it? Whereas if you kick someone in the face, it's like a it's um, an emotional word? reaction, isn't it? Spare yeah, the it it's it also. The the, the clues in the answer as well. You, you're messing around with money. Yeah, that, money. That's, yeah. that's the worst offence you can make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah. You killed someone. Okay, but you didn't mess around with any money though, right? No. Okay. Yeah, there's no, mo- there's no money laundering involved in that. No fraud or money laundering. You're all good. Did though. you steal his wallet? No. Okay. Three game suspension. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys think Brighton will make Europe? I can so 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 speaking as I mean Tom you're not but I mean you you live here now so I don't know whether you adopt it or not but speaking as West Sussex boys I would love to see them in Europe for sure man West a West Sussex team in Europe that would be great I'd love to see that I mean like I said Tom I know you're a Surrey boy but you live here now so and you I know that you like Brighton so you know Um, I'd like to say yes because I get to go watch games European games so happy days for me Uh, (laughs) but uh, I don't know I think you're worried about the are you worried about the Burnley effect yeah I'm going to be positive and say they will make Europe because they still have games in hand right they still have played games yeah they're games in hand at Newcastle and Manchester City yeah. Okay. Now you said that. <laughs> um, I reckon so, if, they do, if they do it, it'll be a conference league. That's it. Oh yeah, it'll be conference league. I don't. It's, you, after I Monday's that's, that's good enough. No, after, you know? I, I think yes. Yeah, after Monday's defeat, Europa League's out of the question. I think conference league is is where they is what this is what the, the aim should be, and there's nothing wrong I mean, with that. Yeah, I I know that. I mean, it's probably because it's got such a stupid name, but. I mean, like, if you qualified for the Cup Winners' Cup back in the past, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's about, to, about to say that. I was literally yeah. about to say that. But I, like I, I just think that. I think it's good. Yeah, I think I think I it think gives it just, teams then, more teams like this a chance to yeah. get into Europe. You know, so yeah, yeah. shows that it can be done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, I. But the running's I, not helpful, and it makes me nervous. So I don't, I don't think they'll make it based on the running. And I'm going to get crucified now by any Brighton season ticket holder or per- person that knows me. He's going to probably crucify me after this. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Spurs probably be sixth. Then fifth will be Liverpool or Man United or Newcastle. Yeah. So seventh will be Brighton or Villa. Yeah. Probably, and yeah, I think Brian are better than Villa just about. But... Just well, for, like I said, for 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 like Wessexian pride, it, it'll be nice to see Brighton there, and they've never, you know, they've yeah. been in. Have they ever been in Europe before? I can't. No, I didn't know if like maybe under Clough they like 
qualified or something. No, because that's when all English teams were banned anyway from Europe. So the only time they'd been up at that time was when English teams weren't allowed in Europe. So Like an Intertoto Cup or something like that, maybe. But... Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Brighton in, in Europe. I think that would be awesome, you know. But it's probably going to make Brighton fans insufferable, but, you know... <laughs> Oh, most definitely. There'll be parties in the street. But it's, I think it's going to come down to the final game. And Brighton's final game is Aston Villa away. So. Ooh, that's a good that'd last be game. interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, if, if it's all on the line going into that game, that'd be good to see. I'd like that. Because the run is literally, I think it's Arsenal, then it's Southampton. It's Arsenal, Newcastle, Southampton, City, Villa. That's the running. I mean, that'd be a great game if, it's, if it all goes in on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like it's that, that kind of scenario sometimes you need in the league season, isn't it? Win a take all, last game of the, the season. The script writers knew, obviously, that there needed to be something <laughs> like that going into the finale, you know. Attract uh, with Europa Conference League football. You know. But again, like I said, it's basically the Cup Winners' Cup. It's just got a crapper name, isn't it, you know? so Yeah, I... I, I... Oh. 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 Oh, 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 what, what don't you, ah, oh, he's back, what don't you don't? <laughs> I said, I don't think the name of the competition has done itself any favours. No, it's just the conference so league. Yeah, it just, it just reminds you, because we have the football conference, don't we? It just reminds you yeah. of low, low non-league, doesn't it? You know, it's just like. They, they back themselves into a corner with it because you've got the Champions League, the Europa League, and then they needed another league name but they've backed themselves into a corner a little bit because they couldn't it, they couldn't really call it the Europa League 2 either which is what one of the floated ideas was wasn't it <laughs> the Europa League 2 electric blue yeah. <laughs> Europa League B <laughs> yeah that would be bad as well so yeah but uh, I mean what was wrong with the, the old cups conference. Champions League UEFA Cup Cup Winners Cup what was wrong with those because the cup they weren't leagues maybe the league winners that's why they kind of got rid of it the what? Cup winners were usually the league winners at a certain point. So they kind of got rid of it for I that reason. Think, I just think the names are naff now. Europa League. Oh, yeah, the Champions, the Champions League is a misleading name because yeah. they're not all champions. European I, Cup made way more sense. <laughs> yeah, it did. They should have, when, when it comes to the, like, the rebranding of the Champions League for next for when it for whenever it goes live they should have called it the european cup at that point it should have been called the european cup but then for the american audience it wouldn't work because you can't do ecl you know they love their True. threes don't they that's probably where the conference league came about from yeah so ECL. Yeah. the ecl yeah, oh, so oh no wait there's too many ecls there's too many ecls Ah, ECL or ECL? Which one am I talking about? Oh, no. But just uh, talking about European competitions, just quickly, West Ham, in, uh, you know, they're fighting relegation from the Premier League, but they're in the semi-final of the Conference League. Yeah? Yeah. I think, I think, I think they're pretty much safe in the Premier League now, but, you know, they could... I mean, but I think I think that's probably what you're fearful of as well, right? West Ham, that was the other team I was trying to think of. I knew that there was another side and I was like, the only one I can think of is is uh, Burnley right now. So, But yeah, I'm assuming that that's what a lot of Brighton fans are worried about as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of strain to put on a small squad, isn't it? So Yes. Was that Burnley team played something like 
53 games or something by mid-season or something it was something ridiculous like that wasn't it yeah it was like jesus that's a yeah that's a lot of stress to put on a because they 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 get to come back from the pre-season at like the beginning of july to go for all the qualifying rounds so they only really had like three weeks off didn't they so it's like significant amount of um stress on a on a on a lower league on a smaller budget yeah when you're not experienced in europe anyway So kind of makes it like, um, like, you know, uh, UEFA cup teams, uh, would historically, um, or Europa league as well. They'd basically just try and throw it away. Cause they're like, I don't really want to be in this competition. I'd rather put all my resources to yeah. the league cup. Yeah. League cup's another one as well, isn't it? Most teams are just like, I don't really want to put my resources to this. It's, so it's, it's an, inc- the league cups an inconvenience to just <laughs> every team that's yeah. not, so would, as a smaller team, would you want to go as far as you could in Europe but risk relegation or put out your under-21s in the European competition and just make sure that you perform well in the league? I think I think the first time you get in it, you want to make a good impression. You want to do well because that's like your opportunity to kind of announce yourself to the rest of Europe, as it were. Mm-hmm. But I think if you ask most clubs, if they got to the kind of what we class as like the business end of the European comp- of the European competition, but you're fighting relegation from the Premier League, you're going to push your flip your resources to the Premier League because that's where the money is. I think the other problem is as well is you got to think about like the players because I imagine a lot of the players that are at that team are going to be like, I'm going to be playing in Europe. You know, they might be really yeah. bummed out if you're like, oh, well, we qualified and I haven't played one game. Thanks for That's that. That's what I mean. So, you know, you want to make a good impression to start off with. You know, the players are really excited to be there. You've attracted players because you're in a European competition. But eight months later, if push comes to shove and you've got to pick one of one of two over winning in potentially in Europe or getting relegated from the Premier League, you're going to try and stay in the Premier League. That's what you got to be honest with your players that you sign. Tell them what their roles have be for the new season. You know, unlike Conte, who told Richarlison he's going to be the, going to be the main starter for Spurs over Harry yeah. Kane. <laughs> so, uh, but he Kane. he he did start the first few games, didn't he? But then, like he went. He was back injured to and then never came back. He? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think he spun in the line because we didn't have Kulusevski till like October, November, and then. Coincidentally, Richarlison got injured around the same time Kulusevski come back, and then there was no place for Richarlison, who still hasn't scored enough goals anyway to even He's got merit one his place league in the goal, team. hasn't he? So one yeah. one league goal, a two one league two goal, two goals, goals, two goals in total, isn't it? Or is it three? Three, uh, two in Europe. Immediately cancelled out. So does it matter? Does it count? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's not enough. <laughs> Whatever it is, wasn't enough. But yeah, going back to it, from a selfish point of view, yeah, I'd quite like to see them in there. So I get to go to the European game, which is obviously something I've done before. Um, Probably but, judge you for that, though. Yeah, I'll, well, yeah. I ain't going to get that included with my season ticket. I'm going to pay extra for that. But for they that used, to also, used to include um, first six European games or something like that yeah but that's just because you got there every season every so it was season. like it just became a null and void point by that point wasn't it it was just like yeah well we might as well just chuck it in with the season ticket I mean we're there every year anyway so yeah, pay more than anyone else anyway so they might as well fucking chuck it in yeah 
that that's their, that was their justification for paying more. You bet you get to see six European games. That's the justification. I don't have a Hall of Fame this week, I'm afraid, gentlemen. Um, what? Yeah, I couldn't think of a topic. Um, to, you know, because I, I like to theme the Hall of Fame. Because yeah. otherwise I'm just picking random players and it's just like, well, why are you putting that? Ah, oh, yeah, I could. But then what? Greatest European players. Yeah, I could have done that. See, you should be the host, Tom. Why don't you come come and sit here? Come on. You come and do this job. Um Yeah, I just I just was drawing a blank. I was trying to think like for like the whole week I was just like, come on, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And then I was just like, I can't think of anything. And then it got to yesterday and I thought of something, but it was, it was way too late to do the research and stuff like that. So, but it's nowhere near as good as Tom's idea. <laughs> Mine was really stupid a, and dumb. A classic, uh, Inter Milan player or a classic AC Milan player. Oh, see, he's coming up with all the ideas. I just drew a blank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but just for some reason this week, I was just like, I can't think about anything. Like I was trying to like research films for Terrifying Tom as well, and I'm like, what can I? I don't know which one to choose. <laughs> I was like, I, I I don't know why. It was just you know sometimes you have those weeks where you just have like complete brain fog, and like yeah. nothing seems to. That's like ninety percent of my week, but you know. But yeah, it, it was. Out for you if you want, but. Could throw some suggestions out for you if you want. No, I don't. I don't want to do it at the because I don't have the research, do I? I? You know, I'll pick this player or this player. You yeah. know, it's like Richard. Well, Richard's yeah, got no. to make a story. We got. We got to have a story out of it. You got to have the yeah, backstory. You've got. You've got to care about it. Yeah, you need to have. You need. You know, you need to build the world and the characters. You know, it's character building makes the story. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Need to get Maradona back in that Hall of Fame, mate. You know, Who? Maradona. It's getting back in that nice. Hall of Fame. No, no he's, he's done. done. That's it. He's done. That's it. It's one and done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, uh, our, our Hall of Fame is prestigious. Prestigious. You get one shot and one shot only. And and that's it. Maradona against Richarlison. Who, who's going to make that? <laughs> Richarlison, obviously. You know. Did, uh, I mean... Maradona Diego Maradona just... never scored in, in the Premier League, yeah. So, no, you know. no, no, no. <laughs> he don't want it, does he? He don't want it. Well, anyway, gentlemen, sorry about that. I do apologise, and I apologise to you, our audience, as well. It was uh, unacceptable of me, but I, I, I would yeah. like to point out, I, again, I would like to point out that I do all of the work on these podcasts. Tom has to just go away and think of some songs he wants me to listen to. Phelan doesn't have to do anything at all. He literally just... Shut up. He literally just hangs up the phone and buggers off to his Brighton season ticket, you know, like, you know. All right, Tom has to pick some songs and go, okay, well, what did they do in this year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, Phelan does nothing except for mess up all of my electronics. <laughs> But yeah, no. But 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 my point is, is that yeah, I, you know, we've we've got five podcasts that I have to edit and everything like that, and then 
you know, three that four that I need to do research for the YouTube channel as well. It's just sometimes it just gets a little bit too much, you know. And this was one of those weeks where it just got on top of me. I'm afraid, so I do apologise profusely. We will be back with a Hall of Fame next time. I do promise. I'm going to consult Tom next time because he obviously just can pick. Just, just rattled it off, didn't he? He was just yeah, like, just you could have like, done this and you could have done yeah, that. could have done that, could have done this. This is a good one, that's a good one. It's like, oh man, Jesus. <laughs> You're making me look stupid off. here, man. Come on. You're supposed to be like, no, it's all right, Richard. We forgive you. It's okay. You've got a lot of stress on your shoulders. It's fine. But you were just like, idiot. You could have picked one of these. <laughs> I didn't call you an idiot. <laughs> you implied it. <laughs> well, anyway. That brings us to the end of this episode. Feeling, I will start with you. Thank you very much for joining me once again. Thank you, Rich. And Tom, Pleasure as always. Thank, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me in your presence. Thank you very much, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, until next time, we'll see you then. You'll be gone with a warning All the best days have gone out so I'm gonna get in the morning And the contract will be paid off in full And there's plenty more clubs out on the pool Take it to the corner flag no more questions from the local rag Or hiding from the angry wags This has been a Rich Tea Entertainment production If you like this podcast, come and find our other ones on Apple, Google and Spotify <laughs>